0: Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this message and we pray that it blesses you. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz.
1: But you know, children are gravitate, they gravitate and they're compelled to just be drawn towards whatever brings them joy in life. And you know, when a child is is doing something they love to do, or any adult actually for that matter, they're not bored. You know, like, what can I do next? You know, I'm like, oh, this is so boring, you know. But when they find something that they're into, they uh, get in their zone and, and, and they don't annoy their siblings quite as much anymore. And and, and you see, um, I remember when I was uh, a kid, I, I just, I loved to draw pictures. I always wanted to be a pilot uh, like my dad. And, and and so I drew pictures of airplanes all the time. I could draw a Spitfire from every angle and I just loved You know, all that kind of scene. And in the end, I realized how I love drawing so much and I actually became an artist. And I was an artist for about uh, 10 years uh, in the 90s. But I just really found myself being connected to my purpose through the thing that gave me lots of joy. And, you know, in the kingdom, God doesn't want you to go through life just feeling like you're in a mundane life or that you're doing things because you ought to do things or you come to church because it's a religious, you know, kind of thing you do. And I remember, actually, um, when I first went to the Baptist church in Rangiora, and I hadn't been into a church where anyone really raised their hands much at all. And and I remember watching this guy up the front, and he was kind of like Jared. You know that um, guy that you see— Jared. Uh, and I thought this guy was a nutcase. I was, no, I'm joking. <laughs> now, let me finish the story because you're not a nutcase, because I've joined you. Um, <laughs> So this guy was like hands in the air and waved them round and like clapping and I'm like, what's that God, Doesn't he know that people can see him? <laughs> and, uh, and I just couldn't couldn't quite you know get. And then over time though, I was like you know did the like woo, and then the ah and then the like the whoa yeah and. Um, and I got comfortable with expressing this joy and this love in my own life. And so God wants us to be connected with the synergy of His joy and love flowing through uh, through our lives. So anyway, Jesus is—I um, want to jump to John 15 and—, and um, Jesus is actually sharing with his disciples this big dialogue in a private setting about the importance of being connected to the same purpose that is running in his veins He's saying that you can have the same purpose running in your life and the fruit that you that you are called to bear will will only happen if you stay connected to the to the core of my purpose for this planet and and I love it in the book of Acts because it says these these Pharisees and the, the religious people, they were looking at these, were these guys that were changing the world, and they said that they were the, they, they were unschooled, ordinary men, but that they took note that these people had been with Jesus. And at that time they were demonstrating miracles and they were preaching and thousands were getting saved and there were healings happening. And the and the point of difference was that they'd been connected to who Jesus was. So Jesus is talking with these guys at this time about this new concept of treasuring their connection with Him. And in John 15, it says, I'm the vine, I'm the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, He prunes so that it will be more fruitful. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Do you think he's trying to say something there? <laughs> like, wow. Connect, connect, connect. Remain, remain. Apart from me, you can do nothing. When I was uh, a child, I uh, grew up in Blenheim. And it was the—it's the land of the grapevine, and we had this epic grapevine actually um, that became the source of many, many uh, summer. Tummy aches uh, because I just couldn't help myself going and having one more bunch of grapes, uh, and 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 Dad would he prune this thing back every uh, every winter. He'd prune it back quite hard, but as soon as the weather got warm, it would just take off again. And and there was a part of the vine on the, on the left side, and we had this apple tree, and it would just the vine would inevitably wind its way up to this apple tree and grow right up there and up this pole hut that Dad built, and we would pick grapes, vines, uh, grapes from that side, and then on the other side, there was like the compost heap and the neighbor's fence, and it would go crazy out that way in that direction, and these branches, they kind of like, they took on a life of their own finding new possibilities and new ways to cling to and, and bear fruit and and become abundant because they had been they were connected to the heart of the vine and so Jesus is saying that he has a vision he's got a vision for you and I for his followers in life to be like branches that are connected to him yet have the freedom to go on their own adventures that have the freedom and the potential to bear fruit and and be and and That is because they are connected to who he is. He's like, you know, if you want abundance in your life, you know, if you want abundance, be connected to me. Stay connected to me. Remain in me, and I'll remain in you, and I'm going to flow, and you're going to bear fruit, and my dad's going to prune you, and it's going to cut, and it's going to hurt, but let me shape you, and let me guide you. And and because if you stay connected to me, you're going to do something that you could never do if you were without me. And so Jesus is just sharing about what is flowing at the heart of the vine. Just a few, uh, a few paragraph, uh, I think a few sentences later in John 15, it says this, as the Father has loved me, this is the core of the vine, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. There's that word remain again. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete my command is this, love each other as I've loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friend. And I love how in verse 9 here that Jesus weaves joy and love together. Remain in my love that your joy may be complete See, remaining in his love is saying, he's saying here that it actually brings a completion of joy that becomes then a catalyst for us to love from. Do you know, it's so hard to love others when we aren't experienced, we, we don't have a concept of joy in our own life at, that time, at, at any time, you know. I find it really hard to love others when I'm feeling down, when I'm feeling upset, depressed, or just, you know, it's, it's hard. It's busy. But God's saying here, hey, that actually when joy and love are, are complete, then there's this ability to express who I am in our lives. Do you know, in His love, we find our true self, and the real you is the joy-filled you. That is the real you. And if you're stuck if you're stuck in this time, then we totally, I have no condemnation. Christ has no condemnation. If you're like, I haven't felt joy for years, or just joy seems out of my reach, then I, you know, I still, I'm believing for joy in your life to become overflowing. And it would be evidence because God's love is being made complete in your life. He's got a plan to break you into a, a place of joy because the real you is the joy-filled you. The real you is connected to the vine you. It's the connected to the heart of Jesus you. That is the real you. Who doesn't want to be happy? Who doesn't want to feel optimistic about life? To be joyful always. His abundant joy for us is created to overflow from us and become an expression of his nature through our lives. You know, if we're not first established in his love, then we cannot be compelled by his love. You know, when we, we, when we remain in Christ's love, we will do crazy, incredible things with his heart in us. And what he's calling us to do is to look beyond our world as we're full of this joy and into the world of others and look to the potential and look to the Christ in them and say, I want to call you into the kingdom. Mitch, do you want to come up and share your testimony now? That would be awesome. Let's just give Mitch a hand. He's got a really cool testimony to share.
0: Yeah, So Glenn had um, asked for someone that had a um, like a testimony, like a salvation testimony that was based around um, someone praying for them, and um, I was thinking, I was like, oh, who is that? And I was like, oh, that's that was that's me. That's my story. So, um, long story, really short because it spans over two generations. Um, in my dad's family, he has three siblings. So my dad and um, three others, and um, I grew up, Liz and Phil, my auntie and uncle, um, I thought that they were real estate agents, and Phil was, but they were also pastors, and um, I didn't know that, I knew that they went to church, but I thought it was like church, like how I went to church on Easter and Christmas, um, and so Liz and Phil, um, like, they were pastors, and then when I was 14, I um, within the space of six months, um, I started coming along here, I got saved, my cousin in the North Island started going along, he, um, to a church, and he got saved, my cousin in Nelson started going along to a church, he got saved, and then, um, from that, um, like, his parents started going to church, and his, um, older sister started going to church down in Christchurch, and then, um, my brother started coming to church and my sister and um and my mum as well and so from like this one 6 month period we went from one family that were like pastors and pastors kids and then and within each family um there was you know someone or multiple people that all started going to church and 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 have been saved and I thought that this was, I was like, oh, this is cool, because I was the first one. I was like, oh, it must be me. Like, I started a chain reaction, and about a year after this all took place, um, my auntie and uncle sat me down. They said, Mitch, do you know that the moment you were born, we walked in, we saw you, and we, we declared over you that you would meet Jesus. We were praying and interceding for your salvation. Did you know that for each of your um, cousins and your siblings, we we went in and when you were first born we went in and we saw you we laid our hands on you and we prayed for your salvation and for their salvation and and like we sat down with all of your parents so their siblings and we we you know we we talked with them about Jesus and we talked with them about um, you know eternal life and all of these things and we we did everything we could because we just want to see you saved because we know Jesus loves you so much and and I was blown away that it wasn't—it wasn't like anything that I did. And yes, God was God was the one that saved me. But I know that um, God used their 14 years worth of prayer over me, declaring salvation, to actually um, like bring me along that Friday night where I met Jesus.
1: Awesome, thank you, Mitch. Isn't that just such a, a powerful, um, powerful testimony? Um, of prayer, and you know Jesus gets excited when we start asking for the same things that are in his heart, and we start uh, moving in the same way that he 's seeing us move in life. Do you know our prayers and our actions are very very powerful. And I just want to read some more. I know I'm reading a lot of the Word this morning, but this is in the same context that Jesus is talking about with His disciples. He's saying this in John 14, 13 to 14, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I'm going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. And he just goes on, and he repeats this again in John 16, just a few Uh, Moments later, he says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so, whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you, and then again in John 17, very truly I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. Do you think he's trying to make a point? <laughs> he's like, come on, guys. We're in relationship. I want you to ask for the things that bring my Father glory, that I may show that reveal the glory of the Father. That's what it says. He's trying to say, come on, I urge you to ask. I urge you to get involved. And if we did a summary over those verses, it would be, I choose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit and then it says, "Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. They will do even greater works. And so Jesus is just teaching his followers about the power sorry, the power of prayer and action. It's like, "Ask, go, do." He has got a mighty desire for our lives to be ones that actually express the love of the vine through the branch that is you. That's what he, he's like. Yeah, pray, but go and do. Be a part of my solution. Be a part of the call. And, and I remember a few years ago, um, I was considering at printing.com because I own a business here in town as well. And I was considering, like, why do I own this business? It would be, it had been another tricky time every year. At some point of the year, it feels like it's, it's like God calls me to reassess why I'm doing what I'm doing. And so I, I did this reassessment thing again. And, and I remember concluding uh, at this time that we weren't here as a business just to survive. Or we weren't here as a business just to make money, but that our business was a part of a much bigger picture that God had for the business community and for people's lives in Rangiora. That we are called to be a place of provision where people would come and receive our goods and services, and that would actually directly elevate their business. And that we would be a business that would trade because we actually had a a solution to someone's problem and that we would never try and sell something that would not add value to our customers. And so it just, that came out of like a real wrestle of why am I here again? And through this, um, like we still believe that our reputation would become one of the catalysts as a business for our success in the community. So as a church, we we think um, that that we think of this in a similar way, in the sense that we're not here just to serve ourselves at a church, as a church. We're not just here to pay the power bills and to make sure the wages are sorted and that there are like heaps of bums on seats on Sundays. And you know, we're doing a, a token this and a token that. We're we're we awesome when all that stuff happens as well. But if it was just our, our goal to survive. And if we just had this mindset that we're here just to maintain and just to look out of after ourselves, I believe we'd become disconnected from the branch. I think God would be like, prune, sorry, you can't be a part of my kingdom because my kingdom here is called to look beyond. It's called to bear fruit. It's called to give. And and, 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 and we'd be like a stagnant pond But because, you know, Jesus was, he was the giver of life. He said to the woman at the well, you know, you come. I've got rivers of living water flowing through me and out of me. He never had to try and sell himself. He never had to try and he didn't even want to necessarily convince people to follow him. He was just himself when he was on this planet. He gave what he had and he did what he saw the Father doing. And I want to just you know, I just want you guys to just feel like you can be off the hook to trying to be anyone other than yourself as a Christian. Like you don't have to be super spiritual, you don't have to have a microphone, you don't have to be a pastor, you don't have to be anything other than yourself to reveal the love of God in your world at this time. Do you know, if we're here just to serve others, to pray, to give, to love those in need, we're going to release the life-changing grace of Jesus Christ through our lives. That's it no one i'm not any more significant in this in God's plan to reach our region than anyone else here we're all have, we're all a part of this big vision and i and i do have i've got a a bit of an audacious vision that i believe God put in my heart and that is to see 10,000 souls impacted by the grace of God in North Canterbury like i just i feel like God just dropped that into me and i just ended up like on the ground like And he said, it's like he said to me, you know, these are your people, this is your tribe, this is your people, you're called to see this happen in this region. And whether I'm the catalyst for someone else to do that or I can be a part of that, that's awesome. But let's begin to dream bigger than just, you know, than just ourselves. God's calling us to look beyond our own world, to release his love through our lives. So let me introduce you to uh, to pray for one. And uh, this is a concept that we're going to use over this uh, next kind of six-week period. Um, And it's about praying for one person or one family for one minute each day for one month. And um, we believe that through this initiative, we're going to see families and individuals receive the gift of salvation that they're going to realize that that God loves them. And, and this isn't just a formula. We don't want to put this in your hand as an ought to, and I have to just like... Compete with anyone else at Thrive to make sure I, you know, get someone in and belong to church. It's not like that. This is just, this is meant to just be a prompt in your world to just help you engage with someone else or a family that is beyond your world to just treasure in your heart. Maybe you could sellotape this to your steering wheel or just put it beside your bed or in your wallet. Whenever you just see it, you are compelled to actually but to think of that person that maybe the Holy Spirit is leading you towards. So we're going to give those cards out to you now, actually. So hopefully everyone here should get one today. And you can just, I just really like you to um, take the, this first week even. I mean, maybe someone comes to your mind right now and you feel like, man, the Holy Spirit is really, is really, really directing me to this person. And that's cool. But maybe you just want to sit on this for a week or so and just think, you know, how could I, you know, if I'm going to pray for this person, how could I also be engaged with this person and, and you know, and show and reveal or just do something kind or, or what have you um, in there in, uh, to their world? And so just take your time um, with this whole thing. And, um, and on the back of the card, we've got kind of like, is it five prayer points or four? Prayer points? I've got them here anyway. Four prayer points. And this is really about calling and declaring over these people, um, you know, the, the, the promises of God into their world. You know, that they'd have an encounter with grace, um, that they would receive the gift of righteousness, that they would know that they're righteous in Christ Jesus, that, that there would be—I've um, missed one, haven't I? That there'd be a revelation— of, um of god 's love that 's quite important and then uh, lastly that that would be able to just declare the release of god 's destiny over their lives that they would suddenly feel like that they are a part of something so much bigger than their own world and so just take a week um, or so uh, as long as you want really just to just to ask God who is it who who is it and how can I how can I move towards them? How can I pray for them? And then at the end of this time, actually on the um, the twenty fifth of September, we um, we're going to have kind of like a love one service, and um, I don't know if we're going to call that at that, but that just looked cool. Um, and so in this service, um, we want to create an environment. Where you would feel really comfortable to bring someone who's not a church person along to church, and we want to have a really creative service with a short message, but a really also a really impacting, powerful time as well. Um, that could become just another talking point on this person's journey um, that you have a heart for. So we're going to be building towards that on the twenty fifth of September. So that's going to be awesome, eh? Um, and we're not too sure of the location. Initially, we are thinking here, but I just don't know if we're going to fit everyone in by that time. Um, so just to recap today, just, want to, just before we stand and finish this service today, I want to just recap this by saying let's be a people who really guard our connection to the source of love. Let's guard our hearts with God and just treasure the, the connection that we do have. And just to remind you as well that the real you is the joy-filled you. And our motivation to reach others has got to be out of love. It's we're not here to do a hard sell on our faith and our belief. We're here to give and to be generous with our heart towards others. So we're believing to see his love and salvation impact every person in our region. Why not? Why not could grace, you know, like grace can touch every life in our region. And, and that would be awesome that salvation would be released. So let's start with prayer. Let's start with asking God and declaring over these lives one person, one family, or one minute for one month. And it's going to be awesome. Let's all just stand together. And I want to just pray over us um, today that we would have our hearts stirred by the Holy Spirit. You know Jesus was saying, "Whatever we ask for in prayer, believe that we've received it, and it will be yours." That's awesome. It takes belief. It takes belief. God, today we just we just thank you, Father, for the level of just just the level of faith, the level of belief that you've given each one of us. God, you've, you say in your word that you've given everyone a measure of faith, God, and I just thank you, Father, that the smallest faith size of a mustard seed can move a mountain, God. And today, God, we just thank you for the belief that you've got, Father, that you are the that you're calling us to be the head and not the tail, God. And today I just give you thanks, Father, that our faith can move some mountains, God. And for the people that maybe we've written off in our world or have put in the too hard basket, God, we declare that you love them. We declare that you can reach them, God. We declare that you are so for them, God. And we break off, Lord, judgments. And and we declare that they're forgiven and loved by the Father today, God. Lord, we thank you, Father, that you're stirring our heart uh, for compassion in this season. God, Lord, to have the generous nature of your spirit that moves towards others, God. Just we just receive that today, God. Just open our hearts to the one this week, Lord, that one family, that one person, God, that you want to reveal your love to, God, at this time. Lord, we just thank you as well for boldness in this season. Lord, just where shame can come around us. We're in the name of Jesus, Lord. Lord, we break that today. Lord, we just want to be a people, Lord, who maybe, you know, we face fear, but that's not what courage is. Courage doesn't just isolate us, God, because of fear, but we move forward because we're courageous, God. We move forward. And Lord, we say today that we will be a people of, of courage in Jesus' name. Amen.